there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about endometriosis surgery. Um, A lot of people think I am anti-surgery because I talk a lot about delaying surgery or preventing surgery. I'm not anti-surgery for endometriosis at all. I believe that for some people, surgery is absolutely the right journey to take, the absolute right path to take. But I do believe that surgery is um, used where possibly it's not the right option for somebody. It's just their specialist may have felt like they've run out of other options. That was certainly the case for me. Um, I had explored all the hormonal treatments that were available um, with no lasting impact. And so the only thing left on the tick list was surgery. But like many people I speak to, I felt a bit disillusioned that I'd gone from being told that there wasn't really anything wrong with me to, well, there's something so seriously wrong with you that you need surgery in pretty much a matter of months. Um, So it didn't sit well with me. I didn't believe that I needed surgery. I didn't want surgery. So I was lucky enough that I was able to look for an alternative way. And I think a lot of people believe that surgery is their only option. And I'm on a mission to make people, um, to open people's eyes that there are alternatives out there if the alternatives are better for you than surgery. And for some people, they absolutely are, not for everybody. So I'm not anti-surgery. I'm just anti-using surgery unnecessarily. And I will explain a little bit more about that in this podcast. So in this podcast, we're going to be looking at the options for surgery. Um, And that's largely as well because there's a lot of misinformation or non-information out there. I was speaking to a client a couple of weeks ago who was a lovely, lovely lady. She'd been told that she that she needed surgery. Same as me, she was dubious. She actually had quite advanced endometriosis. And for her, I I genuinely thought that surgery really would be beneficial. But she'd actually been told that the only surgery available was a hysterectomy. Um, And I always recoil when I hear such stories, because this sadly isn't the first time I've heard this. Um, People are only given the option of a hysterectomy. And again, we'll talk about hysterectomy in this podcast a little bit in a, in a, in a little while. Um, so with this client, she'd rung me um, in the hope that I could offer her alternative natural healing to the surgery. And we ended up talking about the other surgical options as well as the alternative natural way. Um, and it opened her eyes and she went off and spoke to her surgeon and try, is now trying to find somebody who could offer her a different surgery because hysterectomy... Um, she felt wasn't the right thing to do but she was quite fancying the idea of one of the other options so that's the other thing that I want to to make clear in this podcast Um, just because you're being told that you need a hysterectomy and you don't want a hysterectomy don't rule out other surgeries as well because there are different options available and we'll look at them in some detail So the other thing just to say at the beginning of this podcast is a little bit of a disclaimer. As with all of my podcasts, it's not designed to offer you specific personal medical advice. And this is especially true today. 
Um, so I'm going to be talking about different types of surgery and obviously you might hear me talking about alternatives and, and, or why the surgery could be a bad idea for you. Um, when I say you, I don't mean you as a specific individual. Um, I would never offer direct advice as generic podcasts. So if you are in any way thinking about surgery, if you're in any way thinking about avoiding surgery and not having surgery, please do talk to somebody who can talk you through specifically what's going on with your symptoms, with your circumstances, with your endometriosis. This podcast is just designed to give you general information and I don't want you making any massive decisions on the back of it. It's just to, to guide you maybe to open to open different doors for you that you may not have considered or you may not have um, have realised were there. So let's crack on. Let's talk about the options that are available for you in terms of endometriosis surgery. Um, the first two, the sort of the less invasive, the less, less life-altering um, options are available in the form of a laparoscopy. Now, if you have a diagnosis of endometriosis, chances are you've already had one laparoscopy at least. So laparoscopy is currently the only way that you can um, really diagnose endometriosis. You can see aspects of endometriosis on some scans. There's a blood test being developed and being rolled out that maybe can, can give us a definitive answer on whether endometriosis is present. But the widespread benchmark for diagnosis of endometriosis is still a laparoscopy. Now, a laparoscopy is essentially where you are given two incisions in your abdomen. Your abdomen is pumped full of air and a camera is inserted. So the air kind of separates all your bits and pieces down there, camera is inserted, and the specialist has a good ferret around in there and sees exactly what type of endometriosis you've got and where it is. Now, that's a diagnostic laparoscopy. Some people are given the option of having treatment whilst that laparoscopy is happening. So if you've been, if you've signed a disclaimer to say, yeah, if you find endometriosis while you're there, get it out, they can carry the treatment at the same time. A lot of people don't have the treatment at the same time. They will then go back and have a second laparoscopy, which is the treatment laparoscopy. Now, the treatment here, so this is the first two types of surgery. You have two options in terms of the laparoscopic treatments. The first option is where they physically cut out the, the endometriosis. So it's almost like taking a scalpel to it and cutting out all the lesions, all the scar tissue, everything that you've got going on, they literally cut it out. Now that is called excision surgery and this is the second time I've recorded this podcast because the first time I said exorcism by mistake and then made myself laugh for about 10 minutes. So the first, the first option um, is excision and that's where they, like I say, that's where they cut out the specks of endometriosis. That tends to be used when it's either not that deep or um, it's not that widespread. So they're kind of, like I say, they're kind of slicing out the endometriosis um, when they find it. The second option is used when the endometriosis is a bit more widespread. And that's where they use like a, a laser to burn away the endometriosis. So that's ablation surgery. So you've got two options there. And these are the options that the client, the potential client I spoke to a couple of weeks ago hadn't been told about. Now, ablation surgery is used again, like I say, when the, the endometriosis is a bit more widespread, and that can be quite successful. Both of these techniques are the most successful in terms of treatment for endometriosis. However, unless they get rid of all the endometriosis, which is a massive ask, 
chances are your endometriosis will return. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail because that's the same with the hysterectomy as well. So there are your first two options for endometriosis surgery. Both are done in the form of a laparoscopy. So that's when um, it's exactly the same as the diagnostic lap, but they will go in and treat the endometriosis while they're there. So when they find it, they'll get rid of it either by cutting it out or by lasering it. Then we have the hysterectomy. Now, hysterectomy is often used as the only surgery available, which is a travesty. I know some people who've had operations, who've sorry, who've had hysterectomies and they've had massively life-changing outcome from that surgery. The one thing I would say is that most of the people I speak to who has have who have had a really, really positive experience with the hysterectomy and longer lasting results are the people who have had dual diagnosis of endometriosis and adenomyosis. So adenomyosis is very, very similar to endo, but the endo, in inverted commas, is trapped within the uterus itself. It's trapped within the muscle lining, the wall of the uterus. So all the, all the endo, in inverted commas, pain actually is coming from the adenomyosis, which is coming from the womb. So removal of the womb by default, takes away all the all of the adenomyosis. However, if you also have endometriosis, then there is a big chance that you've still got endometriosis left because endometriosis grows externally to the womb. So taking the womb away is not going to help your endometriosis. If you do have adenomyosis, and some women do have adenomyosis without realising it, it just lumps, it just gets lumped into the endometriosis diagnosis, which is why when I bang on about understanding your symptoms, understanding your illness, understanding your body. This is one of the reasons why it's so important, because if you don't know you have adenomyosis, then how on earth can you make, and this isn't supposed to be on you, this is my anger is directed here at the consultants, at the people who are, you are putting your trust in. But if they're not telling you you've got adenomyosis, how on earth can you make a, a, an informed decision in terms of the type of surgery you need? The client I spoke to last week didn't believe she had adenomyosis, yet she was still being offered a hysterectomy. So if she doesn't have adenomyosis, her endometriosis was on her bowel, a little bit on her bladder. And obviously in between, it was starting to fuse things in between. So I still do not understand. I didn't obviously say this to her in such an exasperated way, but I don't understand the thinking of the surgeons behind saying, right, we'll take your womb and that will clear your endo. The womb does not produce endometriosis. The womb does not govern our endometriosis. So taking the womb away will not help your endometriosis unless you have adenomyosis. Now, the flip side of that is you may have, if you're having a full hysterectomy, you actually may have endometriosis on your, on your tubes, on your fallopian tubes, on your ovaries. If they're taking those away, then by default, they are removing some of the endometriosis. So a lot of women do report having much better symptoms because it is being taken away as part of the hysterectomy in terms of the wider hysterectomy so the, like I say the, the ovaries and the fallopian tubes. The other side is as well that if you're not having periods for those women whose symptoms really flare up during the menstrual bit of the menstrual cycle so during your menses during your actual bleed then it may lessen your symptoms or it will lessen your symptoms because you're not you're not having that menstrual cycle. So for a lot of women, it, it may help. But again, that isn't the case for everybody with endometriosis. And endometriosis isn't 100% governed by our menstrual cycles. That's a weird thing for me to say, but we'll come to that in a second. And there is, there is proof of that when we talk about the results of, of surgery. 
So the risks of surgery, you've obviously got the same risks that you have with every surgery. And I'm not going to say that that's a reason not to get endo done. With every surgery, you have some element of risk. Um, something could go wrong, especially if you're having sort of anything removed. Um, there's a risk with the anaesthetics, anything like that. I'm not going to say that that's a reason not to have endometriosis surgery, because again, that's a really personal choice and you have to um, weigh up those choices with every treatment you have. No treatment is without its without its risks. But the effectiveness of the surgery has to be questioned. Now, not necessarily in terms of the laparoscopic, laparoscopic surgery. Like I say, if they can get every bit of endometriosis out, then chances are that's you're going to have quite long-lasting results from your surgery. However, it only takes a tiny speck of endo to be related to, to be remaining after the surgery for it to grow back. And in and that's in Western medicine. In my world, that's increased tenfold because well I say tenfold, there's no evidence to say tenfold. That's I'll just say that's increased because in my world, if you don't treat the cause of the endometriosis until you get to the cause of it, then it will keep returning. It's the same with everything. If, if something is causing something and you don't get rid of it, it's like the, it's like the house analogy. I, you, you'll hear me use this quite a lot, but it's like the, the, uh, the house analogy. Until you, fix, until you fix the problem with the roof that's letting the rain in, the rain will keep coming in. You can replaster that bedroom ceiling as many times as you want. You can put buckets down in the attic as many times as you want. But until you repair that roof, that rainwater is always going to come in. And it's the same with endometriosis. If you still have the element that's causing your endo, then your endo will return. And that brings me nicely on to statistics. It's quite scary when you look at the statistics around the um, percentage of people who get recurring endometriosis after surgery. The statistics don't really back anything up. And by that, I mean, there's nothing concrete in the, the statistics. I've read statistics that say you're 20% or 20% of women see endometriosis return after surgery. There was a recent study done that said up to 85% of women get endometriosis returning after surgery. So again, don't necessarily trust the statistics, but the overriding thing is that there is a massive chance of your endometriosis coming back after surgery. And that is exactly because your um you're not dealing with the cause of your endo and unless they take all of the endo away then it chances are it's going to come back so a lot of women I know get to the point where it's just I've just had enough I am sick of these symptoms I just want surgery so they have the surgery and they hope or well I think a lot of people I've spoken to don't even think beyond that they've just had enough today I want rid of everything just take it all out today I don't even care about the future I'm just at the point where I just want it out and again that's fine because that might be the right decision for you and this is why aftercare for surgery is so important so the the methods that I talk about the self-care that that you can do and it's not even self-care it's just understanding your body understanding what's triggering your endometriosis and doing things at, at least in the short term that will help your body repair itself to its best ability after surgery that's why that is so important because that then minimizes the chance of it coming back so if you can find somebody like me who can teach you how to manage your endo effectively Essentially, what you're doing after surgery, you're not managing your endo anymore. You're preventing the return of the endometriosis. And this is why I firmly believe that surgery has a place in, in the endometriosis pathway. 
it sounds like a stupid thing for me to say because of course it has but a lot of people believe that I think that it shouldn't even be on the cards but I do I do think it's it's beneficial what I want to see is then effective aftercare and effective alternative natural ways of preventing that endometriosis coming back so if you are looking to have surgery make sure that you get the surgery that's right for you so hysterectomy I personally I would only say really seriously consider a hysterectomy if you have adenomyosis type symptoms as well and that includes things like how how extreme your symptoms are around your period how governed your endometriosis is by your menstrual cycle because with the hysterectomy obviously the hysterectomy puts you into essentially surgically induced menopause and that again comes with additional risks because your body menopause if your hormones are all over the place, menopause can be quite a difficult time. And I, I talk about that in other podcasts and in, in other places. And you may be offered estrogen to manage the to manage the endometri- uh, sorry, to manage the surgically induced menopause. Yet that massively increases the risk of your endometriosis coming back. So there's things like that that you're not told about, but are that really, really important when it comes to that aftercare. So remember the aftercare, planning the aftercare after your surgery as well. Um, excision is is for me it's that that the platinum the, the gold platinum standard is excision so for me if you can get excision surgery by an endometriosis specialist and then follow that up with with um, tailored specific effective natural remedies for your aftercare to prevent as much as you can the endometriosis coming back that would be what I would be recommending um, for people who wanted to have the surgery whose endometriosis was so advanced that surgery was the best option for them like I say this is not designed to give you personal information but if what I'm saying resonates please do go back to your specialists or chat about it with somebody who knows who can really give you personal advice the only thing the only other thing to be um, wary of when I talk about surgery is the fact that endometriosis loves scar tissue so the more surgery you have the more the endometriosis will stick to your scarring so I see this all the time and people get in this vicious cycle of having surgery, then the endo comes back, then they have more surgery, then their endo comes back and the time between the surgeries gets less and less because that endometriosis is just attaching to scar tissue so it becomes this vicious cycle. So again, that's why proper aftercare, proper recovery and proper techniques to prevent that endometriosis returning is so, so, so important. Okay, I hope this has helped. If you have any questions, please do contact me. My contact details should be on the podcast. If not, um, you can email me or check out my website if you have any questions. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.